0: Hi Vicky. Hi, Shane. What's something you use in your everyday life that, you know, just works and you have no idea how?
1: Oh, well, not every every everyday, obviously, but um well, an airplane. Like I understand the (laughs) concepts. (laughs) How does fly? But I don't understand.
0: (laughs) I will say that's a really good one. I've I've been drag and like all of those aeronautical terms because i've been to a bunch of museums that have airplanes and all that jazz and i've been to kitty hawk where the Wright brothers and stuff
1: i drove by sure (laughs) i've
0: read the things and i said sciencey words but i'm with you i have no idea it's just it's just magic yeah and i'm not gonna be able to stop thinking about that it doesn't thank you for that
1: you're welcome and when you first said lyft i thought you meant like uber
0: Oh, my goodness. Even though we were
1: already talking about planes. So (laughs) there you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was was thinking about this and obvious things, and we were even chatting before this, obvious things come to mind like your computer or Mm -hmm. a phone or something. One that I don't know exactly how it Mm -hmm. works. It's one of the things I appreciate most in my house, and this is going to sound silly, our dehumidifier.
1: It's not silly.
0: How does something take... And again, I'm a scientist, I could probably figure this out in some capacity, but on the face of it, how does something take water vapor that's in the air, condense it down, turn it into water that I then end up having to empty every, I don't know, like couple days and I get to water my plants with it and then it just starts all over again.
1: I have something about condensation.
0: Oh, I love this. Let's go there.
1: Does it make it into condensation? Like, how does condensation work? It literally makes
0: it in the condensation, yeah, because it turns into liquid water from air water. Air water. That's that's a better name. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is... is, Okay, we need to stop here, because this is going to be just embarrassing if we go any further. (laughs) (laughs) Science is fascinating, but don't just take my word for it. Join us as we hear stories from scientists for everyone. I'm Shane Hamlin, and
1: I'm Vicky Thompson,
0: and this is Third Pod from the Sun. I think this is a really great illustration that not all scientists or people, frankly, should be expected to know all things. Because I, I obviously have no idea how some of this stuff works. Yeah, and so, uh, but beyond kind of bringing others joy at my own expense, at (laughs) our expense, let's say. Yes, uh, we're here today to introduce our next series and so based on my prompts and maybe if you didn't read ahead or pretend you didn't read ahead mm-hmm. can you mm-hmm. guess what it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> i didn't read ahead Ooh. mysteries our world is an amazing mystery oh. and we should appreciate every little bit
0: oh that is that's good uh but no uh oh. we we're <laughs> we <are> talking <laughs> About invisible forces. So exploring science we can't see and issues we don't talk about.
1: Oh, that's a good tagline. Did you come up with that by yourself? I bet you did.
0: Oh, you know what? I actually did come up with this one. That's yeah. Not, that's not always the case. I think I'm witty, and sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. But I got to credit our colleague Margaret for the actual theme mm-hmm. idea. But beyond a catchy title and tagline, we do have some amazing episodes ahead in the coming weeks. So without further ado, check out a preview of some of the stories to come. Our interviewer was Jason Rodriguez. Jason <laughs> Rodriguez.
2: My name is Priya. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. And uh, my position is a astrophysicist and a nuclear engineer. I build and develop radiation detectors to detect neutrons and gamma rays. And also I study and analyze cosmic ray data to understand better the chemical composition of the galaxy.
3: Yeah, I I was reading something that you said, and I have a quote here. You say, I'm trying to build a good pair of eyeglasses so the galaxy becomes less blurry. So what's so important about understanding these cosmic rays and what you're studying?
2: So if we look at, say, 1930s, when the golden age of physics was happening, there were a lot of new discoveries, like new particles, new laws. I mean, Einstein's greatest laws and stuff. And those are the biggest discoveries that sort of gave us a picture of what could be out there. But we still didn't know. Like, suppose people predicted there could be things like a black hole and all. But now, so cosmic rays, these are just charged particles. So you have the periodic table, all the elements on the periodic table. So they're strewn all over the galaxy. And so when an event happens, like say a supernova or a s- death of a star, they emit these highly charged particles from all over the periodic table. And so we collect these data. Some of them we collect on Earth. Some of them we collect from the ISS And so these detectors collect this cosmic radiation. And so when we study how much of a certain element is there, suppose, iron-56, we try to see how much of iron there is, how much of, say, zinc there is. And that can give us an idea of how these elements were distributed across the galaxy. And then we can tell, okay, so this much of iron exists or this much of zinc exists.
4: My name is Ashley Greeley, I work for Goddard Space Flight Center with NASA and I'm a research scientist. So I'm in the the heliophysics division, and that spans a whole range of topics, all the way from the Sun to the Earth, because the, the Sun does interact with our Earth, its magnetic fields, its atmosphere. So what I study in particular tends towards the magnetic fields surrounding the Earth, called the radiation belts. I study particles, what they do, how they change, how those populations can affect us, I did just get some funding. I want it's my first proposal actually, which is really exciting. Wow, congratulations! Thank you. It was a internal funding to develop a space weather instrument. So my co-I and I will be that's co-investigator will be looking into finding the optimal design for a new space weather particle instrument where. You know, electronics and computers have improved so much in the past decades that we're able to do some really cool, interesting science in some really compact packages and really small instruments. So we're seeing how high of an energy we can get to, basically, while still keeping the instrument fairly small so that it costs us money, there's a little less development into it, we could hopefully get it off the ground figuratively and literally quicker.
3: <laughs> no, that's amazing. If you can share with us, what is the mission or the goal of the of this project?
4: Yeah, this is a little farther out in space than my usual instruments, which are in the radiation belts. So we'll go out into space. It is still looking at solar wind products. We're hoping to solar energetic uh, particles, SEPs, and GCRs, galactic cosmic rays. Some of those have pretty high energies, much higher than I'm used to dealing with. And so we want to be able to measure the spectra, of the higher range of ions and protons, because there's a couple missions that are reaching their end of life. And so we're going to have a gap there in the future where we're not taking those measurements. And that's really important to do, not just to have the observational capabilities to do that for pure science research, but one of NASA's goals is to study space hazards and radiation in the lunar region for the future Artemis missions, so we really need to fully understand those higher energy ions and, and how they're acting so that we can protect our astronauts and our instruments that are going to be out near the moon.
3: My name is Kirk norpol I work at the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in the Ocean Ecology Lab. I'm actually an atmospheric scientist, I'm not an oceanographer, but the act of studying the oceans and the atmosphere is inherently multidisciplinary, and so that's why I'm where I am specifically. The part about being in field campaigns is you get to travel to places that you would not go otherwise. So I did a field campaign once. This was a multi-year campaign. Uh, The first year we went to Namibia in southern Africa. And the second year, we went to a small country called Sao Tome in Principe. The main island is called Sao Tome, south of, of Nigeria, off the coast of Africa. What we are interested in was the relationship between aerosols and clouds. And there's some interesting things that happen in the southeast Atlantic Ocean. For one, there's persistent clouds. So there's something called the marine shredded cumulus cloud deck. That's a very particular type of cloud that is created with cold water. You know, this happens off the coast of California, happens off the western coast of South America, and also the southwest coast of Africa. What's interesting about Africa is that there's a lot of biomass burning, so creation of dark smoke aerosols over the South African continent that is carried out over those clouds. So a lot of smoke also in North America, but usually the smoke blows east. In this case, the smoke blows west. So those aerosols get above clouds. And so, what the aerosols do is if the cloud is real bright and the aerosol is dark, absorbs some energy. If the aerosols sink into the clouds, they can change the properties of the clouds. They can also change the meteorological conditions. If you have an absorbing amount of aerosols, they'll change the temperature profile in the atmosphere. and The temperature profile is what drives formation of clouds. So all these complicated things happen, and it's a phenomenon that happens out over the oceans. So what we did in our research was not much on the location itself. We were flying, and uh, I can claim to fame that I was within 200 meters of the zero zero point. So. 200 meters from the equator in the prime meridian. Oh, wow. (laughs) So latitude and longitude, zero, zero. So I was very happy to monitor where exactly we were. And I was like, can we turn a little bit left so we can go exactly over? Of course, it it messes up everyone's data processing because you have a latitude and longitude associated with things. And often, if that goes wrong, you know?
0: Vicky, does hearing all this, all these excerpts from these really inspirational and quite smart scientists make you want to understand how planes work, how lift works?
1: In the example of planes, probably not. I feel like I'm probably pretty good being on a plane not knowing what's going on. That's probably a safer scenario for me.
0: Oh yeah, it's in the same way. I don't like watching. Well, I don't know how much I care, but I I don't necessarily like watching things about. There's a show out right now called Hijack that's actually supposed to be uh-huh. like silly, but also very entertaining. I don't know if I want to watch that because I fly once in a while. Yeah, how they might not work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and but maybe nope. maybe something like me figuring out how my dehumidifier works. Maybe that's a little bit safer because I feel like if I understand that, I won't be fretting in the middle of night about, well, what if it doesn't? My basement's a little wetter. That's fine.
1: Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good to be curious, though. (laughs) Yes.
0: And we'll be curious over the next six weeks with Mm -hmm. more episodes about Invisible Forces. And so with that, that is all from Third Pod from the Sun.
1: Thanks so much to you, Shane, for producing the episode. And thanks to Jason Rodriguez for conducting the interviews for this upcoming series.
0: And thanks as well to Colin Warren for audio engineering and to Karen Romano-Young for the artwork for this episode.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please rate and review us And you can find new episodes on your favorite podcasting app or at thirdpodfromthesun.com.
0: Thanks all, and we'll see you next week. And thanks as well to Colin Warren for Audio Engineering and to, oh my goodness, Vicki.
1: Oh my God, Shane.
0: Look, hear my muddle mouth.
1: Look at your muddle mouth. (laughs) It is so muddled.
0: It is so muddled. All right. And thanks as well to Colin Warren for audio engineering and to Karen Romano. Wow. And thanks as well to Colin Warren for audio engineering and to Karen Romano-Young for the artwork for this episode.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please rate and review us and you can find your new... <laughs> It's not fair.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's contagious. This brings me joy.